Welcome to the Vici Mundum Show, a ministry of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia. So how many cups of coffee are we on today, Tina? Two. You know I have my second cup at 10 a.m. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, where's the, uh, where's the snack today? I left it on my desk. Oh, uh, shoot. Is well, that going to ruin I, I this did, podcast? No, no, no. I did it okay. intentionally. Oh, nice. Okay. Yes. I was okay. separating the two. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> My offering of penance today. Awesome. That's, that's an important thing to do mm-hmm. from time to time. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, welcome back to the Vici Mundum Show. We're excited that uh, you're tuning in with us, and we have a guest today, um, Tim Bransford. He is a parishioner here at Our Lady Mount Carmel, very involved with our pastoral ministry. Uh, he's just an all-around awesome guy. Um, also, Tina's with us, and uh, I'm Austin Farenholt. And uh, I met Tim... Um, when we, I started a book study, what was that, like two years ago or so? Two and a half years years ago. Yeah, a couple years. And, uh, and there was probably a group of eight or nine of us and, uh, and man, it was such a great small group. Um, we read the book, Happy Are You Poor by Father Thomas Dubay, an excellent book on gospel poverty, how it's for everyone. And, uh, and it was great. I really enjoyed getting to know Tim and over the years, um, I feel like he's been, uh, a great spiritual brother, our Apostolates, personal apostolates, have kind of taken us in uh, in different directions and different aspects of the church. But I always enjoy any minute that I can to talk with Tim, and uh, and I, so I asked him to be on the show um, uh, so that that we could talk a little bit, and uh, and and the rest of our church and those listeners could uh, could hear from Tim and, and a little bit about some of his thoughts. Um, and so we've got a great topic today, um, the topic on prayer, which is always always one of my favorite topics. Uh, but more specifically, uh, we want to talk a little bit about um, communal prayer and private prayer, uh, and maybe maybe some distinctions between the two, but how the two are very necessary. Um, so I'm curious, Tim, what, what are your thoughts on communal and private prayer? Well, praying privately, um, well... It's it's one of the things that's uh, been pivotal to my life, mainly because uh, I'm a sinner. So, <laughs> I found welcome that, to the club. <laughs> I found that uh, that prayer helps me to stay focused on Christ, and and when I can stay focused on Christ, uh, my life is different, and mm. the way I approach people is different, and that's that's become very important to me. Um, I think mainly because uh, when the Holy Spirit's on your heart, or when He's on my heart, um, I don't always get caught up in in self. Um, and when I don't pray, I find that it's very easy for me to get caught up in self. And so, prayer has become a, a central part of my life. And uh, and so, you know, the main distinct the reason I wanted to talk about this is because there's a distinction for me between when I pray in a community mm-hmm. and when I pray alone. Mm-hmm. Um, which actually alone is not the right word when I pray just me and God. Um, uh, and I think the difference is that, uh, well, I do pray the liturgy of the hours, which is liturgical, yeah. but in a community, we, we always pray in liturgy in the Catholic faith. And uh, liturgy is so powerful because it focuses on the Trinity mm-hmm. and it, and it, it brings us, uh, a, and, and, and oneness with the Paschal mystery, mm-hmm. and um, that's such a powerful thing because that's where our salvation comes from. Mm-hmm. And so, 
that's what that's why I brought it up. I did. I will say this: that um, I have to apologize to Father Nick because normally my rosary for today would have been for him, but it was for me today and for us. Yeah, this, <laughs> this would go well. So fa- sorry, Father Nick. <laughs> You're out of luck today. Well, I'm sure somebody picked him up. Yeah. <laughs> the Holy Spirit takes care of it. That's right. That's right. Mary knows who needs the prayers and where. Well, I think it's great because there's there is the encounter with uh, with Jesus both in personal prayer and communal prayer, and we weren't made to be alone. I think when Jesus, uh, well, when when God made us, He saw man and He said it's not good for him to be alone. Um, so, so community is a is a critical part of of what we're made for. Um, and so that prayer, uh, well, the personal prayer kind of enriches us to go out and be with others, uh, which can. Uh, which we need to do, and we need to pray with others too. And I think in a very we- real way, even um, private prayer is very communal because um, you have uh, God, uh, the Holy Spirit, and, and Jesus Christ there available. So I think uh, when you were speaking, I thought of somebody who had called me uh, this morning or, or texted a message out, um, I'm in need of prayer, and uh, was really in uh, in, a, in a panic and worry. And, um, and so I said, no, no, no worries. I will do it. But, you know, be at peace. You know, I think that when we're not praying, uh, then worry sets in and, uh, and we spend a lot of time trying to figure things out on our own. And so when we take that time, uh, to, uh, pray, it, it gets us uh, away from ourselves and back in community, even if we are praying alone. Um, because, uh, like I say, the, the Trinity is there. So, uh, in that sense, prayer is um, community. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It, it, especially um, when when we pray communal type prayers, like the Liturgy mm-hmm. of the Hours, where we actually are enjoining everyone mm-hmm. uh, in in doing what Paul said to you know pray constantly. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. but also in, in, in any prayer, yes, I'm a, I, we all are entering into the body of Christ, which means we are entering into a relationship in the Trinity. So, yes, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely, prayer always brings us together. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's just a, a beautiful thing to consider, too, is that, that there really isn't private prayer. You know, we say private prayer, right. but it's really yeah. entering into something deeper. And some of the uh, some of the mystics that uh, that I, I really am, am drawn to, some of the saints, like St. Saint Padre Pio, uh, St. Nicholas even, I mean, their private prayer was like, it was, it was in the midst of other people all the time. Uh, I mean, they were kind of interceding, mm-hmm. uh, showing up with mm-hmm. visions and different mm-hmm. things in, in the lives of other people. Um, so they played this very pivotal part in the body of Christ that's uh, that their private prayer is in relationship with Jesus, but Jesus himself is love. And so love never turns inward, but is mm-hmm. always looking outward, mm-hmm. you know? And so um, one of my favorite parts about private prayer, uh, I, I'm like you, Tim. I, if I go a day without prayer, I feel like my whole world falls apart. Um, and uh, and praise be Jesus Christ, you know, he kind of brings you to, to this, um, but you know, it's it's you'd rather give up a lot of other things than prayer, you know, <laughs> because it's that important and, and that life giving. Um, but there's that relational component when one on one. That's like that. I think is the most beautiful is when you just start considering God, and then He in turn is considering you. You know, and then your heart is on fire to go out and to be with other people. And then when you're with other people, it's almost like your whole life is lived in communal prayer because everything becomes about the encounter with the other person and and finding Christ 
in them, bringing him out, bringing truth, beauty, and goodness out. Mm-hmm. Tim, I, I, I know that you um, are involved in the healing ministry and you bring the Eucharist out uh, to those uh, uh, parishioners or uh, Catholic uh, Catholics among us who are either hospitalized or homebound or whatever the, the case may be. Um, how do you see uh, the importance of prayer um, as you go about that ministry? Well, that's a, that's a powerful question. It, um, it's funny, that, that ministry, I um, uh, uh, talk a little bit about why I even chose that ministry. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, I'd been away from the Catholic Church for a really long time, and when I came back, one of the things that was really on my heart was that I hadn't visited my old family as much as I probably should have uh, mm. when they were sick. Mm-hmm. And so I had told Father, you know, that's one of the things I want to do. And he was quick to point out, that's probably not your penance. But <laughs> <laughs> um, So that was the reason I entered into it. But it's become something much different because of the prayer. And, um, and ultimately, um, every encounter that I have with individuals that are – uh, in a state where they're not able to come to Mass, they're not able to s- receive the Holy Eucharist, it's more about um, entering into a relationship with them on a personal mm-hmm. level first, which really, that's what Christ did, right? Mm-hmm. He always was personal first. And then, mm-hmm. and then, and which, you know, I sometimes uh, think that that's the uh, pastoral part of it, but but ultimately... It always leads, and and it's it's funny because I, at one point I tried to do the liturgy and then have the conversation, and that just doesn't work. It doesn't mm. work because mm-hmm. once you've encountered Christ, mm-hmm. there's once you've had um, the liturgy of the Word, which is Christ, and once you've received the Holy Eucharist, uh, there, there's nothing that can surpass that. And so, mm. it it has become apparent to me that the that in each of those encounters that. Uh, the liturgy's last, and it's, it's last because it's the most important, and it becomes the the pivotal point. And people change. People change when when you enter into prayer with people mm-hmm. on that level, mm-hmm. uh, and such a personal encounter with Christ. People change, and you can see it, and they feel uh, they feel better, they look better, they act better. Everything mm-hmm. changes about them, and uh, it's a wonderful experience to be able to be a part of that. Yes, uh, very humbling. Mm-hmm. I have found in my encounters with those, I, I've delivered uh, the Eucharist or brought the Eucharist um, to the homebound for about uh, 12 years now. Um, and uh, and I always have just one special person that I visit. Um, some of those uh, visits have gone on for eight years or five years or whatever. Um, but I have found that um, when somebody is um, uh, homebound uh, due to aging and uh, illness, uh, that they are in desperate need of uh, the strength of another and the faith of another hmm. to remind them of um, that uh, that this is a reality uh, that God is a reality and um, and that their suffering is is purposeful um, uh, and so I do find that that at times uh, people just I think they rely heavily on the body of Christ, the people of God, uh, to be uh, to be there for them when they are are too weak to maybe uh, have the faith or, or trust um, because their situation is um, of life is deteriorating a little bit. I think the ironic thing for me, though, is that in in each of those encounters, my faith is strengthened. And I think that's oh, the, Holy, the Holy Spirit working to perpetuate, you know, mm-hmm. to perpetuate that whole experience of uh, 
of uh, his presence, mm-hmm. and that's that's very very powerful. Mm-hmm. I really love how you talked about Tim the uh, um, the encountering the person first and then going into the liturgy because that's kind of the the height of relationship. And that I mean that's the gospel story right there is that Jesus entered into uh, to intimacy on a human level with uh, with twelve. Twelve guys in particular, but then a lot of other people, um, his his mother, Mary Magdalene, and countless other people that he that he encountered while well, through his time here. But the the summit was uh, the institution of the Eucharist, followed mm-hmm. by his passion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and that's like everything. The whole relationship with everybody led up yeah. to that point, and so that is, and and he did that. You know, he had a lot of one-on-one interactions, like the woman at the well, one-on-one interaction with her. You know, that's like private prayer, that he's with her one-on-one, and she has she's brought to a conversion point. And I feel like every time I go into private prayer like that, that I'm brought to a conversion point. Uh, sometimes it's a conversion point of just frustration with myself, and other times it's a deep encounter where I feel Christ asking me to move in a different direction. Um but that that summit at the end, he does in the context of community with people all around him, uh, bringing them in uh, with confusion going on. Um, you know, people wondering mm-hmm. what is he doing, uh, and and some people distracted, like mm-hmm. Judas thinking about the money bag and what's to come, not even paying attention to what's going on. But that this is the mess that Jesus kind of he chooses to enter into is the mess of all these people around a table. Um, watching himself be offered up and and them being asked to do something uh, that seems almost outrageous or very mind-blowing, that um, that's what he wants. He wants us in that mm-hmm. that community um, that I think really mm-hmm. provides a lot of challenges but a lot of insight into our God. And ultimately, isn't that what the Mass is? Mm-hmm. I mean, the Mass, mm-hmm. we, we come we come together and, and we, we listen to, to God speaking to us, mm-hmm. and, then, and, then we ha- and then we have the celebration of the liturgy of the mm-hmm. uh, Eucharist. And, it, and, it, and, and once it's over, we're, we're told, go, you know, go forth. Mm-hmm. So it's that whole experience is, you know, each time I encounter someone in Christ, I mean, that's, that is the experience. It's just the same thing over and over. It's the same Paschal mm-hmm. mystery over and over and over mm-hmm. again, our salvation. Mm-hmm. I had uh, experience of visiting a, a lady. Uh, she passed away when she was uh, 96 uh, years old. Um, I, I think uh, she was probably maybe 91 or 92 when I started visiting her. And, um, uh, she was she was quite on in years, and so uh, each time I would visit her every Wednesday for like four or five years, um, she would say the same story, and we would start at the same story, and she would just repeat that story for about the hour that I was there, and uh, we'd do the uh, the prayers and some prayers and and uh, the Eucharist and that sort of thing, and I'd leave, and each each Wednesday it was the same thing. Well, one day she had um, broken her foot. And she wound up uh, being in uh, one of the nursing facilities. And so I went to visit her there. And I can remember when I went to, to, to see her, um, uh, I was first surprised that, um, at, at how frail she looked, even though she, was, she had been, been frail. Um, but how out of her element she was, because 
she was in this nursing facility. So she was doing what she was told to do, the exercises for her foot, but she had, she was really out, out of her comfort zone. You know, she didn't know where she was or necessarily why she was there, although she knew her foot was broke. So when I came up to her, I greeted her as I always do, you know, full of joy, you know, Marie, how are you? And, and uh, she looked up at me for the first time with just utter blankness on her face. And uh, she was just, she, um, and she stopped and she stared at me and, uh, and I, and I, you know, just let her know that, that I visited her at her house for a number of years and I heard she had broken her foot. So I was visiting her here. She still didn't connect in. And, um, she said, do I know you dear? And, uh, so I, you know, went on talking to her and then I just thought, you know what, don't, don't try to visit. And I took the pics out. And as soon as she saw the pics, she said, I remember who you are. I know you. Wow. And, um, and she was, she said, and, and it was just so striking. Right. There's so uh, much so in that story. So I did the prayers and, um, and gave her the Eucharist and I left. And the next time I visited her, she was, um, uh, she was passing, you right. know, and, uh, and I, I would visit her instead of giving her the Eucharist, I would bring him. She couldn't receive, and right. I would just pray the rosary for her. But that was so striking to me that uh, her face and her demeanor just lit up, and she said, I remember you. Wow. And um, she didn't know my name. She didn't remember anything else, I'm sure. But she knew that uh, Christ came to her every every Wednesday by this means. That's wonderful. Yeah. You must have wonderful some experiences story. like that. Tim, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, but uh, I don't know if I could pick any particular experience, one of the things that I've I've recognized, though, and it's kind of related to what you're saying, is um, when you're talking about a a, page, a patient or, or someone that we visit that uh, has dementia. Yeah. One of the things that I've noticed is that they always know the prayers. They seem yeah. to always, it, and and it's probably one of the last things that they lose, and it's so mm-hmm. wonderful. And even in that, they still put their hands together, mm-hmm. even when they can't say the words anymore. So it's they recognize the presence of Christ. They recognize, and it's it, it, it's apparent that it was important to them for a very long time, and mm-hmm. and that it remains important in their heart. Mm-hmm. And um, that's amazing. That's an amazing thing. Tim, I'd be curious just some of your thoughts and uh, Tina as well on on you know there's there's obviously a, um, a lot of fruit we experience from prayer. Um, and just some of the distinctions between praying more more in like the liturgy and in community versus private prayer. Do you have thoughts on that, either of you? Um, liturgy meaning um, liturgy like the of mass. the hours or the mass? Yeah, um, probably mass. Yeah, the mass. Uh, and so again, now that I've gotten that clear, let's state your question again. <laughs> Uh, some of the fruits that that you experience, oh. like the if there's distinctions or or uh, between between the two, from private and from entering into the mass. Jeez, that's a that's an interesting question. I'm not sure I know how to answer it either. Yeah, I, I mean it's an interesting question, and so when I uh, you know I, I guess I got hung up in the fruits for the initial part of it, and I thought you know there's there's. Um, there's the same type of fruit uh, in both of them, although, uh, you know, in the Mass, you're actually um, uh, receiving uh, Jesus Christ uh, into your uh, into your heart, your soul, your body, and your mind. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, there's, there's uh, 
spiritually ways that that can happen also um, in private prayer. Um, uh, maybe not as, uh, uh, as that tangible sacrament. Um, so I don't know. What do, what do, I mean, I've bought you some time, Tim. Uh, that's great. I appreciate that. that I, honestly, Man, this is the one, tough, I'm sorry, guys. I didn't mean one. to throw such a curveball. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. I was, I was thinking um, earlier. I was thinking earlier when uh, Austin was talking about um, the whole idea of uh, when Christ asked us to pray in the closet. And I used to think that that meant, you know, that make sure that I don't let anybody see me praying ever. And, uh-huh, and then I uh-huh. realized that doesn't make any sense because we pray in mass. So, and then, and then I real and then someone taught me that ultimately that means praying in the interior mm-hmm. of my heart, which is a completely mm-hmm. different thing. And so some of my prayer takes on a little bit of an evangelistic thing outside of mass. So like I will pray at work at three o'clock. I pray the divine mercy mm-hmm, chaplet mm-hmm. and I, I literally go, there's a little closet at work cause I don't have a private office. So I have this little closet and I go in this closet and I've been caught in the closet a couple of mm-hmm. times. Right. <laughs> and people have asked me, you know, what, what are you doing? And I, I, I tell them. And so I don't know. Um, that that's different. And that's a different mm-hmm. type of fruit. I don't know that that's a fruit of the prayer or fruit of, uh, I don't know what that, to call that, but um, also I think that um, uh, regular times of the day praying makes a difference for me because because my my day can easily get mm-hmm. sidetracked mm-hmm. and I can find myself in another place um, mentally, emotionally, and for some reason when I come back uh, centering prayer, prayer. You know, when I come back to that place and to be in communion with uh, my maker, then Mm -hmm. there's something very powerful that that happens, and I'm able to step back into peace. Peace Mm -hmm. is ultimately um, what seems to be the difference in in how I treat other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes me think of the the Gospel, Luke chapter 5, 15 and 16. Um, this is he just clean, cleansed a leper, so he healed a leper, and then it says the report about him spread all the more, and great crowds assembled to listen to him and to be cured of their ailments. And then verse sixteen, but he would withdraw to deserted places to pray. And kind of what you're saying that you know we go out into uh, into the world and it's emotionally exhausting. You encounter all these people, um, but then then we go into I love that you go into the closet, <laughs> you know, <laughs> go into the closet to get away and pray. Um, and that, that that's the way that God showed us is that uh, um, is that we have to go and recharge, so to speak, in order to go back out and encounter. Well, I think that it brings us to a certain level of poverty, you know, when we go out into the world, uh, no matter what our apostolate is or our ministry. Um, when we go, when we go out uh, into the world and encounter others, um, there's always uh, a great giving up. You know, I think oftentimes uh, people can see it as a great taking, you know, people take uh, from you, whatever, but there's a, there, it should be uh, a great giving up of, of whoever you are, whatever you have. Um, you know, I, I like to say that the, the Lord um, uh, healed people because he was God, he could, uh, I do what I can, you know, and it may not look like uh, complete healing for somebody mm. else, you know, but I give, you know, everything that I have. Um, and so where does that, uh, that fount of, of mercy or that, that fount of, um, 
wisdom or whatever it is that the other needs um, uh, from a person. Where does that come from? It comes from God, and so I think that uh, one is is constantly in need of uh, of of taking time uh, to allow the Lord to be present and to um, uh, get rid of all that uh, is uh, self-serving within us uh, so that we can just be a continuous uh, place that others uh, can receive from us fully, uh, mm. where we're not holding anything back because, um, because uh, they're taking from me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I need to have reserves on hand in the event that, I don't know. Uh, I know it's, it's a little... Uh, uh, nebulous. What I'm saying. I don't know, but I, I, I don't know. I always feel a little bit like the B team, but I mean, but but I know that ultimately it's um, it's what Christ wants, and so mm-hmm. um, I ask for grace a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I I don't think that I don't think that uh, if if I was in charge of it, it would definitely be a complete mess. So <laughs> I'm I'm grateful. I'm grateful that um, I, I sometimes feel like you know. Um, I don't know how to put this. It's, uh, I told I told Austin I don't want to feel busy, but um, I often feel like um, it, it's just at the edge of what what I'm able to do that day. But that's okay too because it's enough. I, I'm given enough, and I feel like that you know that that that's what uh, mm-hmm. Christ wants for mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. in that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And, and some of that is. I think it enters into what sacrifice is about, right? That we give mm-hmm. from our hearts to the best of our ability mm-hmm. and, and ask God to help with the rest. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's another another aspect I was kind of that occurred to me while we were talking um, uh, is that the prayer sometimes is hard, um, you know, and you kind of see it, I think, uh, uh, with the apostles falling asleep when Jesus says, stay awake and, and, you know, and keep watch with me, uh, that they, they start falling asleep. And, um, and, you know, it's kind of funny. I I was just thinking about like when you enter into personal prayer, private prayer, um, that there's, there's a lot of distractions, but the thought also came that when you're in communal prayer, there's a lot of distractions. Um, and so it's, it can be very challenging to, uh, to kind of enter in to prayer, um, have you? What are your thoughts on on that, Tim? Um, yeah, I agree. I, um, funny thing is, sometimes in compline prayer, uh, prayer, I have which is been, night prayer, yeah, right? night yeah. prayer. Yes, I've been exa- absolutely exhausted. I'm so grateful that they made that prayer so that it's almost you could almost do it asleep. But it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> but um, uh, it's one of the reasons I think that like. People will see me at mass a couple times on 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 the weekends, um, on the same day, and the, and the reason it usually is because at one of the masses I'm serving, and if I'm serving, it's really hard for me to concentrate on being in prayer, and so it's important to me. So that's why I go twice. You know, it's just important to me to have that time with uh, uh, the Holy Trinity and with the community, and 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 be totally focused. Even though I try to both times. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. right. That, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I think there's always that tension of of the giving and receiving in prayer. That you know, even in the in the, the liturgy of the mass, that we um, that we're giving. You know, there's there's the the part where or 
part of the mass that we were asked to bring our petitions to the Lord and to give ourselves, you know, to be lifted up, lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Right. You know, that that's, that's more than words. That's us actually lifting ourselves and saying, we're giving ourselves to you. You know, there's mm-hmm. a gift of self to God, but then there's also the great reception of him in the Eucharist that he gives back to us. Um, and in many different ways. Um, and it's, it's hard. It can be very hard to be attentive to that. I think, uh, and, and to be, I mean, the nice thing is, like you said, with Compline, it's set up. So you just, you follow the order, you know? So there's there's the the knowledge and the security of knowing that these words are coming out and it's all, you know, we're following this order and you're following the order of the Mass and we'll mm-hmm. receive the Eucharist. Um, but I think the Lord really is interested in, in the disposition of our heart. Um, and yeah. so there is the element of us trying to give as much as we can yeah. into it. I think that um, some of what you speak about, though, is the mystery of what's going on. You know, the, mm. what, the things that we, that, that we uh, can know but uh, don't have uh, maybe an experience of. Um, like, I'll just take uh, this for example. Um, on uh, All Saints Day... At the children's mass, um, the fourth grade dressed up as saints, and uh, they sat in the first two um, rows of the mass, okay? And I can remember, I mean, I, I think this was just such a brilliant... Um, idea because um, I you know see all of these saints and of course across from me is my patron saint uh, Mother Saint Teresa of Calcutta and she's there um, looking so beautiful and I was in a really um, gosh challenging challenging way I mean I just had a very busy and tough week and to look over and see her even though I knew it wasn't her I thought. Oh, <laughs> She's here. It just warmed my heart. Mm. But what it made me think of in a very tangible way and reminded me of, or at least made present to me, is this happens at every Mass. Right. They are That's here. Right. You know That's what I'm right. saying? And, but today I can see them. And and I think maybe we were too um, hard on ourselves, and I don't know where this comes from, but I think mm. that we, we might... Uh, uh, demand more of ourselves than God does. So I think he He uh, gave us ears, we can hear the Mass, and we can speak our responses. And I think sometimes for us, that's just not enough. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We want a full experience of the he- heavenly realm and the earthly realm coming together, and whatever we can't see, we want like the curtain removed, <laughs> and we want to be there enjoying it. And so I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves mm. to sort of uh, fabricate in our minds what could be happening, um, and uh, so that we can feel like totally we have been there. And I think that the, that there's something very beautiful about participating in the Mass in the way um, that uh, that uh, the Church calls forth, the Lord calls forth for us to participate and say our responses, you know, um, reverently and, uh, and together and to participate um, in the simplicity of it, knowing that there are moments where we might get a glimpse of the saints being amongst us. And, you know, maybe for others, uh, that didn't mean a whole lot to them, but it was everything I needed that day hmm. uh, was to see those saints um, uh, coming in and leaving, and the entire mass. That's all I could think of was uh, these were people who lived and hmm. walked on the earth and followed the Lord 
and their lives became extraordinary. Uh, not because they made them extraordinary, but because the Lord did. It was his work to do in the way that he needed to do it for their day and time. And he continues to do that to us. Um, but we're just so, I think, uh, we just want so much more from our prayer, mm. and uh, we want to, in our, and I, I don't think it's ill-meant, I think we want to give the Lord everything we have, and so for us that means uh, a huge and great expression, and uh, maybe the Lord just wants simplicity. Well, I also think that just kind of makes me think too that that there's there's something good about that wanting more oh, yeah. because that's like the you know the hope that we have in heaven that you know we will enter right, much but more not deeply. If it, but not if it defeats you, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. That if if it becomes a distraction, which you know, mm-hmm. gosh, I'm guilty of that many times. Mm-hmm. That you know, well, shoot, I was distracted, so I don't Nothing's know. Yeah, happened. yeah. <laughs> Does this count? Will God still <laughs> accept it, or do I have to do that rosary again? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I, I like. <laughs> I like to think of my prayer life as bringing me peace and joy, and yeah. that's that's ultimately yes. what what I uh, it, it brings me peace and joy, and then it just makes me want to share that with everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think that that if I was going to sum up what prayer life is to me and why it's important, that's it. You know, the peace of Christ in my life—what a powerful thing! Mm-hmm. And being able to share that with others. It's even better. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Amen. Well, I can't think of a better way to end the show than on that, Tim. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming to talk about this. This was such Thank a treat. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And I just want to remind all of our listeners that uh, you can send us an email if you'd like. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, Vichimundum1633 at gmail.com. Uh, Vichy is V I C I. M-U-N-D-U-M 1633 at gmail.com and if, uh, if, if you would like we'd love for you to share this podcast with friends and family um, bring them into the ministry if you found it helpful for you a very easy way to evangelize is just to copy paste the link and send it to a friend or family member so uh, once again thank you all for tuning in and until next time Our Lady of Mount Carmel pray for us The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the presenters alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia, or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. This podcast is presented to you by individuals who are not all necessarily experts in the field of discussion, but are answering the call to new evangelization and sharing their love of Christ with you. God bless you.